This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, but I'm insane. I got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. This is, a, this is my good bad brain. Hi, on the road edition um, with video for the first time ever. I don't know how this is going to go. This isn't... This isn't really my camera. I borrowed this camera because I got here and I didn't fit a microphone into my carry-on. I was just going to record something with a cell phone. But I thought I'd ask and my, my stepdad had this camera that's got a mic on it. I thought I could use this audio for the podcast. And, you know, who knows? We'll see if the video's all right. Then maybe I'll, this will be the first time we've done video for Look at Bad Brain. Obviously, I'm like semi-outside. I'm in... Hawaii uh, with my family for Thanksgiving, which is cool. It's raining here a lot, which I, you know, I find I find very beautiful and peaceful. Um, so hopefully that sound of that rain in the background, you find that peaceful as I do, because that you know. Otherwise, you're gonna be really annoyed. <laughs> we'll see how this audio turns out. Um, hi, thanks for joining me. It's been you know a while. Lots happened since. Uh, the last episode I did, obviously I've slowed down doing episodes a little bit. I think as I've been sorting things out in my life, uh, a little a little bit professionally, a little bit personally, going through things. So lots happened since then, and I thought I'd, I basically, I wanted to talk a little about some stuff that's been going on in my life, and, uh, you know, tie in Thanksgiving, basically. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, which is a weird holiday, obviously. All the uh, actual history of it is totally fucked. Uh, but the notion of giving thanks is really nice. And I feel like most holidays are just, you know, hijacked times of year of something everyone celebrates, you know, a harvest or whatever. They come near an equinox or a solstice or whatever, and they all represent something. And if, 
you know, having a holiday that represents the idea of gratitude is nice, uh, even if the actual historical concept, context is, is total fucking bullshit. But uh, I'm trying not to yuck my yum or other people's as much as the phrase that Ali's yucking, yucking your yum. You know, dish soap. Try not to dish soap things so hard. Um, there's so much bad in the world, I feel like that. I've got, I don't know, I've got it for my own sanity and just, just kind of stuff I was talking about in the last episode. You know, staying strong, staying positive for other people. You know, for, for like the vision that you hold. If you want things to be better, you have to believe in things being better. And anyway, I don't mean to derail so early about all that stuff, all that like trying to yuck your yum, you know? Let's just go with that. Let's just go with like trying to make Thanksgiving a time of giving thanks. And uh, I want to like tie some some stuff into that that's been going on because uh, I've had a weird one, I feel like, on the, on the heels of some positive things. Um... You know, I uh, I had like a little bit of a personal, I don't know, sort of an episode. I'm gonna talk about a little bit, a little little bad depressive episode break, breakdownish thing. It didn't last too long, but it was intense, and I ended up switching some medication about a week or so ago to a new antidepressant, uh, Prozac, which prompted this idea for this other project you might have read about on my tweets. I'll talk about that, and um, you know, uh, then my truck got stolen, my car got stolen about a day or two ago before I left this trip so it's been a weird it's been a weird time and um i feel like i've been unraveling some of my i mean when am i not when are we not unraveling some of our stuff but first i'll just talk about that little project thing um if you may have read or not about it i i had this idea that it'd be nice because i'm starting i started a new antidepressant i started prozac which has a lot i don't know it feels weird i got like very nervous about it basically i, I had done this uh genetic test thing called gene sight where they take a swab of your saliva and they run it against your genome against the testing they've done a database and say you know are does it do you have markers genetically speaking that suggest you may or may not have an interaction with different psychiatric drugs turns out they need a press and I was taking uh, mirtazapine um, they said that I possibly metabolize it way fast. And I was already not on huge doses. So long story short, it means that like it might not have even really been working. And I thought that was interesting because I'll, I'll tell the timeline. This is what happened. I I realized I was smoking weed like a lot, like at least daily, definitely in like a medicaid way, not getting baked out of my mind, but having a little weed every day. And I don't know, I started to feel like maybe that was slowing me down. And I have this weird situation with my monitor. I usually edit, you know, work on my computer. That's like what I do. My main monitor has like a, a wonky cord on it, so I I thought you know I, I keep my weed in this like lunchbox, and I was like I had to raise my monitor up to eye level a little, little a higher eye level for my neck, and just because of glare coming in the window, so uh, I just on a whim I put I put the monitor on top of the lunchbox because I thought like you know this will if I move my monitor at all this wonky cable makes it kind of hard to turn back on I just have to futz with it for a while it'll be like a big hassle so if I want to smoke weed now it won't be so easily accessible so casual I'll have to like really think about it you know and maybe this will help me like get some task completion get some clarity figure out what's going on a little better and like a week or so into that I had this like terrible depressive episode like really fucking nasty just horrible you know felt like a ghost felt like i wanted to slip out of my skin just felt like this it feels like you're constantly like cringing like you're about to be struck like everything just feels bad you just feel very in touch with like your pain the pain of everything of existing and um horrible anxiety feel like crying for no reason just all this stuff and uh and i and i kind of got through it by just going and working out and um 
talking and just thinking and and I coincidentally had therapy the next day and I kind of think maybe I've, I've been in a bad depressy thing for a little while and the weed was just like staving it off, you know, just like kind of like keeping me from feeling like really what I was feeling, um, which is in some ways good. Like that's partly, you know, the medicating is maybe for, but I felt like it meant I was just ignoring this thing that was going on because when we talk about like depression and like what depression is, I was like, I was thinking to myself, you know, some some of the times in the last few months, I feel like I haven't been, I just feel like I, here's what I'm trying to say. I feel like I've been weirdly happy, like good things have been going on. And sometimes I've been like, this is good. I feel happy. I don't feel like, or at least I don't feel like in horrible pain. I don't feel like, you know, so bad. But um, these other like technical aspects of what depression is, you know, like, can you get out of bed? Can you get work done? Are you still interested in the things that you love or that you're passionate about? That stuff had all like really sort of, gone away and my sense of self-esteem was like fucking totally gone and and uh and I don't wonder if if uh I don't know if if there's these important things to pay attention to that like wow I may have not been feeling acute like the acute agony of that you sometimes have you know with real like depression but um in my like evident evidentiary (laughs) the evident aspects of my life you know, I, 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 I was depressed. I wasn't getting things done that I wanted to get done. And I didn't seem as interested in things I thought I was passionate about. Like, I couldn't feel it. Anyway, so this all coincided with this, you know, Dave's at my therapist, talking for a long time, some, some stuff. And she thought I should try a new antidepressant. So I've been trying this Prozac. And it feels, like, good. It feels a little weird. I feel like I've been getting a little nausea which isn't great. Um, and some days it's felt like early, like a little bit of heart palpitations, like a little bit like speedy kind of feelings. But um, I did notice I'm like way better at doing tasks, like engaging with the things that I care about, switching from one task to another, getting things done. And that's that's amazing. That's a really good feeling. And uh, I do feel like maybe, I don't know, I've always been pretty good in crisis. I think maybe it's an ADHD thing. I feel like whenever big things happen, I don't react too poorly. And, or, or sometimes when I don't, I don't react too poorly to big negative things, maybe I, I don't always think is a good thing. Like someone said to me the other day, you know, you're allowed to be mad. And I was like, I just don't feel mad. I was like, and sometimes I'll get into it where I'm like, the better part of me thinks I'm not mad because it's like, what good is being mad going to do? You know, like it's just no reason to like waste that energy. It's, you know, knowing what's important, knowing what you can and can't control. But the other part of me, the bad voice or whatever, the one that I don't know, maybe this is true too, because it feels like sometimes any story could be true, is like, oh, you just have no self-esteem and you're afraid to feel your feelings and you just uh, are living through life with this fucking EOR, like everything is supposed to fail. Of course it fails. No big fucking deal. And why did you expect anything different? And this is just more manifestation of your, you know, constant feeling of disappointment with the universe, your expectation that you're going to fucking lose and rugs, you know, you stand on them so they can be pulled out from under you. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes that's very tricky. Like sometimes I feel like I'm very capable of, of dressing up potentially a negative thing about myself maybe or like a mindset as something positive and convincing myself and others that it is when maybe underneath I, I it's not and trying to figure that out is like or am I becomes very tricky and I guess the end of all that is I've been thinking a lot about just narratives because that's what it feels like it comes down to is what what narrative am I believing in and what narratives do I repeat over and over and I was talking with a family friend who's really good at this stuff 
basically the idea of like language, like, and I listen to some health, self-helpy books and things and stuff. And, and recurring themes is about like, what language am I using? Are we using to describe our experience, what goes on, goes on. And, and that all is in response, by the way, a moment ago about like this truck disappearing. My truck gets fucking stolen. And normally the narrative that I want to run away with is like, is that one of like, what the fuck is the point of trying to do anything? What the fuck is the point of getting better? You've had this truck for like three months. You love this truck. What's the point of loving anything? Even objects, blah, they go away. Things go away. Things fuck up. Things fail. What else is new? And just feeling like, you know, you could spiral off into like, how cursed you are, how cursed I feel. Cause I do, I feel that way sometimes, you know, I feel that like story about myself. And I don't know, I think it's really important for us like who have, you know, this neurodiverse sort of experience to kind of be like unraveling for ourselves all the time. Like the acknowledgement that there are some real difficulties that we have from our, our brains being a certain way. And also that we can make it easier or harder on ourselves based on how we shape our thoughts. And one of these books I was getting into is basically like, basically like Stoics for Dummies. You know, it's like, it's like very focused on the idea that you are not your thoughts. You're not who you think you are. Say you are, you're what you do. And I think that's very helpful for those of us who can get really caught in these loops and these ruminations and, you know, our bad thought patterns to like focus on what am I doing? I mean, even the day that I was having this horrible attack, like, I went and worked out. I just like trusted patterns I'd set myself a long time ago. If I just go get into my fucking body, out of my head, it'll help me. And it did. It helped a lot. I played some music really loud in my headphones and just lifted some weights. And I felt better afterwards, you know, not like, not like perfect, but you know, it felt like pulled me back from the brink. It was good, you know? So getting into uh, the doing of a thing. What do you, what do you do, right? The coffee sandwiches and lavender soap. What are like physical, real things you can do? I was thinking about that and I was thinking about, I went, I went to this, uh, I taught this course, uh, my, my, my creative partner Zeke and I, we, we were asked to do a uh, comedy writing workshop, the YouTube space. And when I'm going through putting this deck together, you know, I was looking at all these old pictures of projects we've done and things we did over the you know, decade of doing sketches together and branded deals and, and um, uh, narrative things and sketchy things, viral video thing, all these things, you know, and I, you may, I don't know, people who find this may or may not know, uh, Zeke and I have sort of like quietly accomplished some neat things, the things that I think are neat, you know, we used to hit the front page of Reddit about like once a year, we make all these viral videos by accident, nobody really connected that we were the same people making all of them, I've been able to be part of creating or writing or producing or directing or acting in a lot of different projects from like big budget network ETV shows to more independently budgeted digital series to little tiny, tiny things that we, I, I mean, I've just been lucky to do a lot of things and looking back at all these pictures of, of, of this time, remembering all these things we did together, I was like struck by how bad I always felt looking at these, these pictures. I, I remember thinking at the time, I'm so fucking ugly. I fucking don't like my, myself or my body. I don't like anything. Uh, I don't, I don't do anything with my life. I'm such a fucking failure. And, um, and it was like objectively not true. I'm looking at this stuff and I was like, you, you are a conventionally attractive fellow. I don't know what you hated yourself. Some of them I was like, you're in really good shape in these pictures. And I remember hating my fucking physical body at the time. I remember like 
really, I'm like, these are all pictures of you doing projects and, and you always felt like you're doing nothing ever. And, um, and I was just thinking like, damn, it's crazy the story I'm always telling about myself. And like, why in retrospect can I see things a little better uh, than what they were? You know, I feel like no one's, no one's ever grown into their 20s or their 30s or older and looked at themselves when they were a teenager and not thought like, oh, I was so beautiful. Like, you know what I mean? You, maybe not everyone, obviously. I don't mean to be fucking so dumb, but like most people I think can see their youthful selves and be like, what a child I was, you know? It doesn't even have to do with like actually attract. It's like, you're beautiful. All children are beautiful. You know what I mean? And you can just go like, fuck, it's crazy that I hated myself so much. But it doesn't stop you from still like hating yourself now from like not being able to disconnect from that feeling. And so I got in thinking about these stories and you know, there's this thing, my mom said this thing, but because it has to do with the stories you tell yourself, the narratives you tell about yourself, the way you speak to yourself and about yourself, even the things I'm doing now. This is the thing that concerns me sometimes about doing this podcast is like, am I repeating these stories? It, by repeating my bad stories, even as a, an object, even as something that I feel like I'm saying I'm aware of, am I just reinforcing them? You know, these feelings, like as I say to you, oh, I fucking hate myself so much. I remember hating myself so much. What the hell? Is that like just telling myself I hate myself? And some people would say yes. Like some of my friends, their linguistic stuff, they're, they're explaining to me like words are very powerful and magic. They, they were saying like that um, the, the term abracadabra, when we say like magic, literally means like with my word I create. And that this idea of magical thinking, of saying like you speak things into being, there's some truth to it, you know? And I've, I've experienced it in jujitsu with the sense of like sometimes I literally say stuff in my head. Someone's like trying to get a submission on me and it's very close and I feel like I'm trying to struggle to get out of it. I'll literally think and say in my head like, no. And that just gives me extra power that seems to get me out of a situation I might not otherwise be able to. There is something to this idea of like declaration makes things so. And they said to me, mom said this thing about like, the stories that we anchor ourselves to, like where is your anchor? And that my anchor and my stories are all in my past. And I think a lot of us probably relate to that kind of a thing, of people who have neurotypical, neuroatypical brains, you know? Like if you have come to know yourself as a depressed person, an anxious person, uh, someone with ADHD, someone who struggles to do these things, bad with money, um, bad with your self-esteem, whatever, and that's the story you tell about yourself, like you kind of keep making it true. And I remember a time in my life when I had a different story about myself. I remember a time when I had some kind of ludicrous belief in, in myself that, I don't know, allowed me to go places, do things professionally, uh, put myself out there in ways that I was like, I just felt like I belonged in a place. And somewhere along the line, I lost it. And now I keep telling myself the story that I lost it. And it's like, no wonder you can't feel well again. You know what I mean? And I, I just, so whatever. So we get in this idea of Thanksgiving, right? And the stories that we tell about Thanksgiving. And I think there's a bad faith use of this idea of good stories that work in culture. That becomes propaganda. It becomes a lie people tell so that they can get away with doing awful things. And that's not what I'm fucking talking about, obviously. But I think we're so worried about being good people and being like the truth is important. And so often the truth is a negative thing. The, tr the truth is like something that people wanted to cover up and avoid paying attention to that I think our dumb brains end up going like, oh, then the truth must generally be negative. I mean, I remember like this thought that occurs to me and a lot of other people I think is this feeling like if you're smart, then you couldn't be happy because if you're happy, you must be dumb because if you're happy, that means you're ignorant. You're, you're behaving ignorant of all the bad things that exist. And this comes to the question that we came up with in the last podcast It's like, what do we do in the face of all this terrible stuff of knowing all this terrible stuff about the world and blah, 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 blah. I think you just have to make sure that you don't let the knowledge that there are bad things poison everything about you so that you end up picking the bad version when you're given an option. 
Because I think with ourselves, we're given an option. Are we going to believe the good or the bad version? And then we can kind of make it true. You know, if, if, I, if I have depression, if I've been diagnosed with depression, am I using that to say, to excuse it and be like, I'm always going to be depressed. I'm this fucking broken person. That's who I am, blah, 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 blah. Or am I going to use it to say like, this is a thing I know about. Now I have a name to understand something that I will also overcome. You know, I, I, maybe I was, I have this because I'm strong enough to overcome it. And I was thinking about that and I was like, this linguistic thing is really challenging because it's really hard to catch yourself when you say bad stuff. And I just wanted to, I don't know, use this chance on this diary to come clean about some of the bad fucking things I say about myself. I, I have this record in my head that I'm a total fucking piece of shit. That's weirdly the phrase that always comes to mind. I don't know where it came from. Nobody called me a piece of shit growing up. I don't know. It's just in my head. I'm a piece of shit. And like, I feel like that all the fucking time. You know, I have these things about like, uh, you maybe had a chance a long time ago, but your, your, your ship has sailed. You know, any of your dreams or things that you believe in, which frankly had to do with acting, telling stories, that shit. I used to do so much like theater and act, whatever. Like, I just gave up on it. I don't know. I gave up on the thing that I love. It's like, it's like the thing you feel like you love and that you're best at, which I really did feel that way. You just go like, no, I don't, <laughs> it's not happening for me. Uh, it's not cute anymore. It's actually an embarrassing pursuit in the face of all these other things in the world. And you're like, man, what's not embarrassing? You know what I mean? Like you figured all these ways to tell yourself not to do the thing you love, to, to, to avoid it. Maybe because it hurts too bad. Maybe because it's too confusing. Maybe I think for me, it's just because I decided I fucking, I'm a piece of shit. And so anything I love must be shitty. I must be shitty. And there's so many things that are shitty about the, anything that you love that you want to do. You can find things about the culture, the, the thing around it that's shitty. And you'll just ruin it for yourselves if you want. You'll yuck your young. You'll dish them, but you know? So I see myself doing that. I see myself doing that to my life. And I, um, I don't know, I invite you, if you're listening, I mean, I say thank you for fucking listening for one, but like, I invite you to think about your own stories you tell about yourself. How do you describe yourself as broken to yourself and to other people? How do you describe yourself in negative ways? And I don't know, maybe we could together try to turn that into something different. Maybe, we could start to catch ourselves or invite other people into our lives who see when we say negative things, when we say, uh, you know, a bad thing about ourselves, say, hey, I don't know, I just want to let you know that you did that thing you said again, your negative self-talking again. What's up with that? That allows you then to say, oh, yeah, you're right, and replace whatever thing you said with a verbal thing that's positive. My understanding is this verbal thing that's positive shouldn't be a negative thing, like, meaning, here's what I'm saying, it's like, if I mine is I'm a piece of shit, that pops into my head. That I wouldn't say I'm not a piece of shit. That wouldn't be the new thing that I say instead because it's negative. I'm focusing on a piece of shit. I'm saying not, that kind of thing. Instead, you'd say like, this is the one I came up with that, uh, you know, is like, I have made a lot of things that have mattered to other people. You know? That like, that's a positive thing that I can hang on to. That I'm so grateful that I've had... I mean, they say this thing, you tell yourself this thing when you start doing theater or on is like, if there's literally one fucking person, I really believe this, if there's one fucking person that you've had a positive impact in their life, that's a life well lived. Think about how many people don't do that. Think about how many people hurt other people so much. And if you've had a positive impact on one other person's life, that's a life well lived, you know? And if you've been blessed to like have helped other people more than once or, or have heard from people that you've done things that matter to them, that fucking rocks. And I don't know, I think there's this feeling like you can't do something that you love 
because it's selfish maybe or you don't deserve it, I don't know. But I really think, I mean, for me, when I see people doing things that they love, it's a gift to me. You know, it's inspiring to me. It, it makes me feel their joy. There's, there's, I don't know, we don't do a real service to anybody else by avoiding our own passions, by avoiding being who we really are. You know, I think inherently, I don't really believe any of us who we really are is a bad thing, a bad person. I just, I don't know. I just don't think that. I think we can behave selfishly or whatever, but even that, I don't think that's our best self. And I think the tendency to believe that you are inherently bad is just a bad brain thing. That's not, that's not real, you know? And, and when we have these neuroatypical brains that, and this low self-esteem, we must, we, and we think we're such pieces of shit or whatever, like, it's hard not to then think anything you love or like must also be shitty. Which is a horrible, horrible trap. That's a horrible untruth to get stuck in, you know? So... The way some of us are capable of loving others outside of ourselves, being kind to others outside of ourselves. I mean, most of us who have bad thoughts about ourselves never think those about other people in a million fucking years. I would invite you just to try to treat yourself like somebody else. Like, imagine yourself as a child and how you want that child version of yourself to be treated, you know? All right, um, I wanted to say, um, also, I, I'm putting together this little thing, this idea that my hope is that I, I set up the, the phone number um, and I don't fucking have it here. I'm so stupid. But you've <laughs> there, I did it. I'm so, I'm not stupid. I just had this plan. I brought a bunch of equipment outside and I misplaced the thing. But I am smart enough that I have a tagged tweet, uh, the pinned tweet that has the phone number for the Good Bad Brain hotline. Um, because my thought is that I want to know what other people's experiences with uh, Prozac has been. Um, and I'm hoping that um, any other drug that people have done, uh, psychiatric that they've tried, a therapy that they've tried, we could hear a lot of experiences. And my hope is I've collected a bunch already, but that we would be able to have enough of a single one. I think the first one might end up being compilation tapes of just like experiences people have with um, specific stuff because uh, of just the nature of the amount of number I have. But I would love to eventually have tapes where it can be like, this is the Prozac one. This is a bunch of people who called into the Good Bad Brain hotline with their experiences with this thing or that thing, you know? So, um, yeah, if you or someone you know wants to share an experience anonymously, just call the hotline. I put the number again on a pinned tweet at, at Jarrett Sleeper on Twitter. Um, that would be great. I think that can be, I think that could be a very cool thing. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna leave this one kind of short. Obviously, I'm experimenting with this video one, so we'll see, we'll see what that's like. But um, I do feel very grateful for my good, bad brain. I think it's a place to be honest. I think it's a place that uh, people out there, we've, we've connected in this way. I almost feel like the version of Jared who does my good, bad brain is a character. It's like the real me, but how could it be total? How could anything be the real me? I don't know, you get it, you get it, that question, I don't know. And, and you start to go like, am I doing this thing too much that prevents me from doing this other thing? Maybe. I just know I need to put some stuff in to protect myself from being too ruminations, too... I, I'm not gonna use anything in my life anymore to be a way to repeat these stories. This is the anchoring of the stories thing. My stories are anchoring me in the past. And that involves, that involves family stuff, family trauma stuff, lineage stuff that I believe. It has to do with bad things I've done or, or, or felt like have happened to me, just bad things about myself, all these bad stories. They're all like old, old stories that says like my life is already over. And 
My mom said this thing that you can move the anchor of your stories to your future and you can be like looking into the future. And I have this strange experience of feeling like, because they said that stupid, there's a phrase, it's like, um, if you, you live, living in the past is depression, living in the future is anxiety, and living in the now is like good or something like that. But honestly, I'm not super psyched about the now, and I'm not super psyched about the past all the time. And sometimes the future is the only place that I experience hope. It's the only place that I'm like, the future could be different. Tomorrow could be different. Tomorrow I could create the things that are in my head and spirit and soul and, and in my like purpose for being here. Tomorrow are the places that I can change. Tomorrow is the place I can be a new version of myself, which of course starts with now. But even like saying like tomorrow I'm gonna be different. I believe I can be different tomorrow. I believe I can be happier tomorrow. I believe I can be more fulfilled. I believe I could be doing more service to the people that I care about. I believe I could be more fully living in my passion and my love and whatever. Even just deciding that sort of pulls you towards that future just a, a little tiny bit and makes you better now. So I have been focusing much more on this about what, I, what can I do? What am I doing with the things that I love? Love is a verb, right? Because I think the things that we love, the things that we're passionate about are maybe the only thing that keeps us from just totally wallowing, totally sinking down into whatever depression or anxiety tells us, rejection, sensitivity, whatever, the, the fear tells us to do. Love, I really think that idea that love conquers all, it doesn't have to be love for a person, it doesn't have to be, it could be the love other people put on you, it, it could be the love of a, of a, of a art, a love of a, a mission, a love of a purpose, but that love, I really believe, does conquer all of you, it conquers your doubt. Love eradicates ego if it's done well, and ego is just a fucking anchor in the past, and love feels like an anchor in the future. This thing that's pulling me towards itself in the future, pulling me towards myself in the future. That there's a version of myself in the future who is everything I could be. I mean, the feeling sometimes when you're in the middle of these attacks, this anxiety, the low self-esteem, the feeling that I have is like I'm watching myself do a performance, that I'm watching myself feel these experiences and I know I'm pretending. It's, it's like I'm pretending that I'm not some powerful being, like blessed and filled with divinity. I see this in other people too. I'm sure we've all experienced. You see somebody and you go, they don't even know how beautiful they are. They don't even know how powerful they are. You can see it and it's like the shrunken version of them. It's like this cloak they're wearing, this heavy cloak. And for some reason, they can't stop doing the act. And that's how it feels sometimes. It's like, I, it's like I know there's a better version of me. I've, I've been that better version of me. I've been in touch with that person, but now I'm afraid of that person. I'm afraid that person is destructive somehow because my self-hatred is poisoned in this certain way, my, my sense of shame, my depression, whatever. And I believe that better version of myself, freed by the baggage of my own brain, freed by the baggage of my own sense of guilt or shame, freed from the baggage of this like poisonous toxic world that we're constantly exposed to, freed even from my terrible irony poisoning of the internet, freed from my dopamine overload, my receptors completely destroyed by my own ADHD and then like phones and the internet and stuff on top of it. I believe that that person is in the future in front of me. I believe that's possible. And that's another thing they said about this word, this linguistics programming, is whatever thing you say, you can't just make bullshit up. You can't just say like, I'm the best in the world if you, if you don't believe that. That whatever you say in this other narrative, you have to believe it. That like if you can really believe this other thing. So if I really believe I'm a piece of shit and I keep saying it, what do you know? I'm gonna be a piece of shit, I'm a piece of shit. 
and if I believe I make things that matter to other people, I've done it and I can do it more. And that's a decent life. I believe that. I believe that. I believe it because of you fucking people. <laughs> I believe it because of the people of you that have reached out and said shit matters to you. And I guarantee you, there are people in your life who feel the same way about you. That there's things that you've done that fucking matter to them. And for me, that's the thing that I love. That's the thing that I, that I like. I mean, I said when I was in fucking junior high, my mom asked me what I want to do with my life. I said, I want to be an actor, writer, because I want to make people feel things. And that's fucking, that's it. That's what's important to me. That's what was important to me. And it's crazy the way we convince ourselves that whatever's important to you shouldn't be important to you anymore. Bullshit. Movies and stuff still like are one of the few things that fucking keep me alive. They just do. Stories, they just do. Art makes me, I mean, that's it. Things that make you laugh, things that make you go, damn, that's cool. Things that just distract you for a minute. Things that give you ideas about other possible worlds. Things that reflect some aspect of your humanity back to you that say, hey, it's all just stories. We're all just getting through it together. It's all beautiful. It's fine. It is what it is. You don't have to be so fucking serious. You don't have to be so poisoned all the time. Who's this for, you know? I don't know if you needed to hear it. I, I needed to hear it. I just find that version of yourself. Find that fucking version of yourself with me, you know? Find that version of yourself who's that anchored you in the future. The version of you who is happy and who is powerful and who glows with their fulfillment, who glows with living in their purpose, who anybody's life they come into, they bless them because they can bring a kind of warmth and a joy and a kindness and a helping hand. You know, who, who makes being on this fucking rock just a little bit more beautiful, more possible, more worth it, you know? I think you can believe in that version of yourself and you can move towards becoming that person. Especially if you're sitting there feeling bad every fucking day, feeling like lost in your path, feeling like you're wallowing, feeling like you're just this fucking drain, you just don't know what the purpose is of anything, and you just feel like you just know it hurts all the time. Man, I feel you. <laughs> I feel that and it makes me sad. It makes me feel worse sometimes when I can see people being kind to me or loving to me, my family or, or, or friends or strangers or whatever. And I can't even feel that. I'm like, oh wow, I must really be this piece of shit if I can't even feel, well, you know, it just gets worse. It gets worse. It all compounds. People give me encouragement, kindness. Somebody loves me, tells me they believe in me. And I just believe that I can see their grin. I can see that, oh, I better fucking tell him I believe in him because if I don't, he's going to fucking kill himself or something. And you know, I can feel like I fill in all the narratives to make it all bad. I figure out how to poison anything good around me. I figure it out. Well, fucking stop that shit. Just stop it. That's my fucking victorious thought. Stop it. Just slow it down. Put something else in there instead. I mean, that's when I just had to learn to like, say thank you. Look people in the eye. Say thank you. They say something nice to you. Start there. Thank you. It's hard. It's hard to like let things in. To let things in. I think it's incumbent on us though. I think it's a responsibility. That was my big thing. And it came off the heels of the last one too. There are people I love in this world. There are people I love and there are bad things in the world that I wish weren't in the world. And the only way to fight those things is to be strong, is to be positive, is to be present. I don't fight them by giving up. I don't fight them by being a weaker version of myself. I don't, I don't. If I wanna be in a position to help people, if I wanna be in a position to empower people, I have to help myself and I have to empower myself. And I can't just be this like, mm, no, no. 
If you can even have the thought, I used to say it to myself, like, if you ever think someone oughta, that means you're the person. That means you oughta. So if you're like, damn, I wish somebody, I wish there were more inspired. I mean, fucking Bernie Sanders, you know, this old ass guy, been doing this thing for 30, 40 fucking years, getting arrested in the 60s, you know, like this whole life being, beating the same drum against uphill so hard. And finally, it's starting to resonate. He's finding some people who are like, oh, damn, this person's right, you know? And he still just stays positive. He stays encouraging. He stands up for what's right. Imagine that. I mean, is it crazy to be getting inspired about a political person, you know, just to get, you know, potentially, I don't know. But it, it is inspiring me a little bit. And it's like, you see all the people who are coming up, the young people, AOCs, you know? It's like, there's people out there doing it. There's people out there who are becoming their best selves because they know people need it. They, they know they need us who can have the thought, I wish somebody would. That means you gotta. I mean, this sounds so self-helpy today. I don't know. But I can't, in good consciousness, use my good bad brain only to be a place where I talk about feeling like a piece of shit all the time just so you can also feel that way, which you're allowed to and I want you to, to, to know it's okay to say that shit, to feel that shit. But I can't, good consciousness, keep doing this forever and also just continue to wallow and never change and never get better. I mean, if I'm two years into doing this podcast, two years into trying different, uh, now a second aid, but trying different medication, two years in, almost, not quite right, but like something like that. If I'm approaching like two years into doing all this stuff and I'm not getting better, and I'm not making myself get better, I'm not figuring out ways to do it, I'm not doing it actively, then what is it? Then what is the point of doing this podcast? Just the place to, to validate our bad feelings and never get better? How is that gonna help anybody? I think I need to be real about the way that my brain chemicals and my experiences and my narratives about myself keep coming up and trying to drag me back all the time so people know you're never fucking necessarily over. Don't feel weird for feeling like you still struggle with it. Don't feel weird about that, that's normal. But I can't let us off the hook. I can't let me off the hook. I can't be staring into my fucking navel all the time going like, oh, I'm a fucking piece of shit forever. I'm a fucking piece of shit. And it's okay to stay being a piece of shit because other people hear me say I'm a piece of shit and they think that, oh, well, that's okay, I'm a piece of shit too. And, and that's validating somehow. I'm here to tell you, yeah, we all do think we're pieces of shit. And it's fucking bullshit. It's incumbent on us to start to change that story, to not beat ourselves up about it, to not make it worse by being like, oh yeah, I'm a piece of shit for thinking I'm a piece of shit. Now I'm a piece of shit for thinking I'm a piece of shit for thinking I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> it's not that. It's not this. We gotta stop the infinite loop and say, that's what I used to love. I love I love extreme rhetoric, but there's this thing in Dune, you know, the attitude of the knife that they were like cutting off what's incomplete and saying now it's complete because it ends here. And I love that shit when I was a kid, you know, because I, oh, to have that kind of, to have that uh, finality, to have that self-control, what a fucking dream. But I think it is valuable. And I think it is valuable to say like, no, you do get to make choices. You do get to move the anchor to your story from here to one in the future where you're creating it. Like, like vision board for yourself. Like, what do you look like? What do you walk like? What do you sound like? What, you know, what effect do you have on people? What feeling do you give to people that you're around? Have you ever met somebody who just makes you feel good to be near them? And then you're like, fuck, what if I could be that for other people? What if I could? That would be a good thing in the world. I should be that. What if I could fucking do this thing I used to do where you like go on a stage and make people laugh and you make people see humanity up there and you make them think and feel things and you make them, well, damn, that's fucking crazy that's what being a person is that's 
making me think about my life. That's just a good ass story. I don't know. I'm just witnessing something fucking cool. Whatever it is, you can do that. You can do that. Anchor yourself in the future with this vision of yourself. Make it a practice. You know what I mean? Make it a practice. And then I, I, you had to come up with some. You had to come up with some phrases. You had to come up with whatever your phrases are about, like your positive sort of. I guess they're like affirmations, but they're really just like. They're like magic spells. I mean, I believe in ritual and you gotta create these magic spells that say, this is me, this is where my power is. I'm, I am this better thing. I am this stronger thing of myself, you know? What is your mission? Speak that into being. Speak that into being the person that you are. You are the person capable of completing that mission. I think we have to have a mission, you know? I feel like I've been missing a mission. You guys are some on my mission, I think. Whatever. Hope for all the other good bad brains out there. Right? Still the same thing. Validation, solidarity. But come on. Let's put some fucking hope in here. Let's change. Let's fucking... I mean, I'm sure some of us remember joy. Remember what that feels like. Remember how good it feels to just like... Have that fucking... Thrumming aliveness. That laughter that you get. You know, that... I mean, come on. That's... That's the world we're trying to create. That's, uh, that's, the, that's it, you know? I'm grateful for that in the future. I'm grateful for that. I, I believe even, even if the demons of the world do turn it into a fucking cinder, I guarantee there's going to be time sitting around a campfire with our fucking carbines remembering that, you know, farmer's markets used to be a thing. That we'll laugh about it. And in that laugh, we'll be like, even in a hellscape, we'll be laughing. I believe that. I believe it. All right, that's the end of my good bad brain for today. Maybe the first video edition. I don't know. I think so. Kind of wild. I'll put this. Uh, you know, put it on the Patreon. You know, just fuck it. Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MyGoodBadBrain. If you are, if you are interested in supporting uh, monetarily, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Fucking uh, thanks. Uh, yeah. See you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.